but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and the service. Howdy, people. You got black, black plastic coming at you. Be prepared. Tony Mission District. Victory Hill 
very much of an Irish folk feel to his music. I can't hear me. Oh, there you go. Hi. Hi. Hot woofers. Um, yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He was really nice when he, he stopped by. Yeah. Right? That, was a, that was a while ago. That was, that like was two, almost two years ago. Two and a half years ago. Yeah, no joke. Good times. I remember it was Johnny's, it was Johnny's birthday, that, right? No. Mm-hmm. Was it? Because mm-hmm. remember, they were all sitting oh, and he was right. performing out there. And then somebody else. He had else, a little audience. He had a little audience. And somebody somebody else was here too, right? Or I don't not? remember. It's so far, I know. far away from my memory. I'll have to, listen to, have to listen to the podcast again. Have to listen to the podcast. Oh, my God. Sorry, that was kind of racist. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to, hey. didn't mean to come out that way. <laughs> How dare you? I don't know. I just do. I do what I do. <laughs> so what's been happening? Well, well, we just went to our Monday. We did. And we... <laughs> We went to get some water because that's how we party on Saturday night. But we do have uh, somewhere to be tonight. We have plans tonight, you guys. Um, so exciting. Um, we are actually going to go to an ugly Christmas sweater party in my uh, area, the mm-hmm. Richmond. So I'm kind of excited for that. How about you? I had so much fun last night. Yes, last night was also very good. 
at uh, the De Young Museum. Mm-hmm. We pretty much had the museum to ourselves <laughs> and the rest of my company. And you guys needed it because your company is huge. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was going to be very scattered, but once we got there, we found that mm-hmm. they had the right. Again, I can't hear myself again. Um, there you go. Um, they had the right idea by renting it out. So. So I'm glad I went. Thank you for inviting me. That was so much fun. Open yeah. bar is always good. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And food, free food. There was lots of food, lots of different kinds of food. So yeah. that kept it interesting. Yeah, for sure. The bar was amazing. <laughs> all the bars were amazing. All the bars, all the <laughs> food stations. The bathroom was pretty clean. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't oh, ask. And the art, obviously, it's to D. Young, so they mm-hmm. had art everywhere as well. And and I did actually like the the dance floor arts, um, the big piece of art they had in the dance floor area. Mm-hmm. They lit, I've seen it before, but i never seen it lit up like that. So that was really cool to see. Yes. And they had, uh, they had a band in the beginning, and then they amped it up towards the end with the DJ. Yeah. And something. And most pe- more people were driven uh, to the DJ, unfortunately. Yeah. For the jazz band, but. There were some epic songs towards the end of the night. Journey was one of them. Yeah. And then I think they played Queen at some point. And I think yeah. And I think I heard it. Walk Like an Egyptian at one point. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then possibly ACDC, but I'm not sure. Possibly. We, were, we, we weren't. Were, we were everywhere. We were. <laughs> it was hard to hear. And then we sat on kind of the, the canopy part of the cafe. Where there was tables and stuff, so it was yeah, nice outside to, was beautiful, it's nice and it wasn't to, it wasn't cold because they had it kind of like sealed in, mm-hmm. so that was always good. Yeah, it was everything nice. was very nice and very good, and I'm so glad that you actually get to work for a company that does that for its employees. It's really commendable mm-hmm. of them. And then we saw the the CEO towards the end of the night too. That was funny. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, who's this guy? Yeah. I had no idea. I was like, that's my boss. <laughs> I'm going to say hello he to him. this bitch. <laughs> hello. <Yeah. laughs> but it was fun seeing him, you know, enjoy himself yeah, too. Yeah, he was dancing. So I think that says a lot about the company too. It's like, oh, he's one of us, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, everyone seemed to be in good spirits too. Everyone was happy. And Your coworkers are amazing. They're yes, really nice. They are. I got really lucky. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just fun to hang. It's always fun to like hang out outside of the office too. We don't really get to do that. So yeah, I think that'll be. And it's important to do that. I feel like even at my work, I always uh, suggest to my boss to, we're a smaller crew. So I would just suggest like a dinner at a, at a good restaurant or I didn't even, I think we had super duper ones and that was nice. That mm-hmm. was nice as well. It was free dinner and you get to order whatever you wanted. And Super duper is pretty good. Everybody, like a team building exercise or whatever you call right. it. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. yeah. So mandatory team building. And um, happy hours. I bet next year there's going to be a bunch of those. Oh, God. <laughs> so I'll keep you posted on that. But anyways, yeah, tonight should be fun. Yes. And then tomorrow, let's see if we can function tomorrow that'll be the true test well i have work so i have to somehow oh no i have work at one so it's not gonna be too bad i at first i was like i I scheduled myself in the morning and i'm like no (laughs) no that's not something i'm i'm able to do (laughs) 
Um, Not a good plan. No. Especially because tonight it's kind of a party party night as well. So we'll see. Party night. Party day. <laughs> party life. <laughs> okay. I think uh, Wait, Andrew, Andrew WK. Yeah. What's the name of the movie you're quoting just now? Um, is it Wayne's World? Wayne's World. I th- I'm not sure if that's in Wayne's World, no, but that would but be awesome. No, but that's the way, the way you said it. <laughs> it is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Party. Party. Party on. <laughs> Wayne's World. Fuck yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Rock on. Rock on. <laughs> okay. We have to watch that movie yeah, again. <laughs> okay. So here's another article I found that was semi-interesting. Um, so this is from an issue of oh how funny uh this is in from the older issue of from november 27th the enemy uh they talked about enemies britain's greatest small venue so apparently they thought ramsgate music hall is the best venue and enemy and jack daniels hosted a special mystery jets gig on december 3rd to celebrate uh, apparently, it's a newer venue. It opened in 2013, so good for them. Uh, brief history. Before it became Britain's best small venue, Ramsgate Music Hall has been, says Julian Big, derelict for four years, a grim gangster boozer, and a very dodgy t- lap dancing club. Wow. <laughs> so they turned it around. Yeah. Uh, best gigs, uh, Nana Cherry in January 2015, Sleaford Mods in March of t- this year and Sebadoa, who I think is like. What the fuck are you saying? It's a. Uh, I think they're like a heavy Local metal. Bands? Oh, okay. Sebadoa, October of this year. And then upcoming gigs are. Let's see. Actually, these already happened. <laughs> Last night, uh, Craig Finn. Uh, earlier this week, Bill Ryder Jones. And then they had that Mystery Jets gig. And if you want to find out more, the website is ramsgatemusichall.com. And um, they were voted the best small venue, has proved once again that the UK's live music scene is thriving. Kent's Ramsgate Music Hall has only been around since 2013, but has already made enough of a mark to top the poll, voted for by enemy readers. Small is beautiful, says the venue's co-owner, Julian Big. The hall is intimate, our sound is spectacular. The bands and fans love it as you really experience the full flavor of the music in a way larger venues cannot deliver. And, um, yeah. So I would go check that out. Kent is a suburb south of London, so it's not necessarily in the in the city, but People do go to gigs outside of London, so that's good to know. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then they did an interview with Mystery Jets frontman, Blaine Harrison. And they said, you're playing Britain's best small venue. What's going to happen? It's going to be electric, buzzy, and wild. We enjoy playing in a small space and being close to the audience. What's your connection to Ramsgate? After touring the last record, I wanted to get out of London, so rented a beach hut on the Kent coast for 18 months. Oh, it sounds good. There's a real old charm there, old world charm. Ramsgate is a wonderful old port town. Vincent van Gogh lived there. The place has a wonderful heritage. Britain's small venues are always under threat of closure. What can we do? It's terrifying 
I don't know why venues are shutting. I feel like people are more excited by live music than ever. People need to keep these venues alive because they're the lifeblood, excuse me, of music. <laughs> and there's some similar things happening here where a lot of venues that we went to are closing and um, new ones are opening though. Like the social... Uh, Noel Fielding's going to be at the Social Hall SF, which is a newer venue um, right next to the Regency or inside the same building, I think, as the Regency. Oh, okay. Um, do you want to go to that or do you want to go to the one at the Regency? Either one. Doesn't matter to me. I think one, he's just talking. it's more like a conversation yeah. and then the other one's going to be more of a performance, right? Yeah, That's I mean, my understanding. it's at a conversation with no fielding, so um, he might talk about the mighty boosh. I don't know. You, you might want to bum rush the stage for his mighty boosh. Oh, I love the mighty boosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Kate, Kate Bush. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways. anyways. <laughs> Let's move on. I have Lady Gaga. Good, good. Lady Gaga bravely opened up about her rape at last night's Wilbur Women in Music event. Mm. I thought this was important to read because she is well known, and I think this is an important issue that we should all learn or hear about. Um, This is out of Yahoo News. Sorry. Um, We've always thought that Lady Gaga was a pretty amazing lady, but after she bravely opened up about getting raped in her teens at the Billboard's 10th Annual Women in Music Award last night, well, we pretty much think she's a super, she's superhuman. Um, The singer who walked home with the Women of the Year Award spoke to those folks at talk times about the background of her song, Till It Happens to You, which highlights the pain of sexual assault. Quoting, I didn't know how to even think about it. I didn't know how to accept it. I didn't know how not to blame myself or think it was my fault. It was something that really changed my life. It changed who I was completely. It changed my body. It changed my thoughts. After it happened, I'm like, but what do I, what did I do in my life to bring this upon myself? And there was some sort of maybe rebellious guilt attached to it that I had somehow inspired the violence. Mm. Because of the way that I dress and the way that I am provocative with a person, I thought that I had brought this on myself in some way, that it was my fault. Oh, and then she starts crying. Uh, when somebody says to me, oh, that happened to you? Oh, did that damage you? I'm thinking to myself, you don't know what the fuck I am now. You don't know... You don't want to meet me in an alleyway, what I've been through. You know, you can own your pain and it can be a good part of you. Gaga, who this week got nominated for a Grammy and Golden Globe, and said that she has uh, was speaking about the benefit of the young fans. I'm here because when I look out onto the sea of beautiful young faces and I get to sing and dance for you, I see a lot of people who have secrets that are killing them. Hmm. We don't want to keep your pain inside. We don't want you to keep your pain inside and let it rot like an old apple or your counter. On your counter. Sorry. No, no, oh, no. <laughs> sorry. I'm pushing this. We don't want you to keep your pain inside and let it rot you like an old apple on your counter. You know? It's like, get rid of all that trash. Let's get rid of it all together. What a lady, huh? 
just two days ago, Lady Gaga received the Best Actress in a, in a Miniseries or a TV Movie nomination for her role in American Horror Story Hotel. Mm-hmm. The iconic star will be going up against some acting legends, including Kirsten Dunst, Felicity Huffman, and Queen Latifah. And that was, again, out of uh, Yahoo News. Good for her. Yeah. She's, I think that's important to encourage um, women to talk about their... Especially young women. I mean, most of her fans are probably underage anyway. And Yes. You know, that's a huge part of it is um, being influential in a way that you can encourage people to get over such like, such a traumatic part of their life. Yeah. When did it happen to her? Was she younger or was it... Recently? Say when she was in her teens. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting to read. We haven't really uh, read any of her stories lately because she hasn't been doing much. She's she's on at that TV American show. horror story, yeah. But yeah. um But I see f- uh, photos from her now and again and I have to say I love her style now compared to when she first started. I didn't think she was I mean She's basically the same age as me, but it's like, yeah. oh, like, I think I appreciate her. her music now that it's not being bombarded on the all over radio. the radio. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but she is t- talented, and that's one of the songs. You know? The one of oh, they play a lot of her shit at the party we went to last night. So mm-hmm. then we were dancing and singing to it. So mm-hmm. even without wanting to, we knew the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta support our girls. Yeah, uh, exactly. But she looks great, and it seems like her, you know. She's just proving again that, you know, women can be successful and, you know, do it the way they want to do it. Yeah. Despite the odds, despite what's happened to them in the past, the pa- your past doesn't define, doesn't define you. your future. Yeah, exactly. You know? Ooh, that's a good one. We're in control. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I did find a, a more interesting story than the one I was going to read. Um, Carrie Brownstein, who is uh, one half of Portlandia, a show that I need to catch up on. <laughs> yeah. Because it's actually really, it's a really funny show. And she's also in a band called Slater Kinney, who just recently reformed and did a tour. A I think, mini tour, yeah. Mini tour. Um, so they asked her about different songs and what they mean to her so the first song i remember hearing was rhiannon by fleetwood mac my father had that record i was probably about five years old my parents didn't have great taste but they did have fleetwood mac albums (laughs) i really yeah (laughs) i really liked the lyrics there was a mystery and mysticism that i was really drawn to the first song i fell in love with billy jean by michael jackson So much of Michael Jackson was a marriage of image and sound because he was dominating MTV. Billie Jean had a wonderful video, so I just thought he was larger than life, and I liked dancing to that song. (laughs) And the first album that she bought, Huey Lewis and the News, Sports. I guess they had an album called Sports. (laughs) Of course. And this is what she says. Sports is such a brilliant title. It plays to the lowest common denominator. It was chock full of hits. (laughs) And the song I do karaoke, Bruce Springsteen, Dancing in the Dark, epic song. It's in my range and I love the lyrics, but I'm not a karaoke fan because I sing professionally. (laughs) (laughs) 
Too sunny already. <laughs> yeah, that's still a good. That's a good choice, though. Uh, the song I can no longer listen to, "Once Bitten, Twice Shy" by Great White. They were a hair metal band in the '80s, but a horrible tragedy befell them a few years ago. There was a fire at their show in Rhode Island, and a lot of people were killed. So when I hear that song, I have to shut it off. It seems too dark. What song? "Once Bitten, Twice Shy" by Great White. Mm. And the song that made me want to make music, I Found That Essence Rare by Gang of Four. A student teacher gave me the album Entertainment. I was very drawn to the guitar playing. It was terse and angular, and the lyrics were pointed and trenchant, but there was still an incessant melody. The song that made me want to dance, Let's Wait in the Water by Marlena Shaw. I will sometimes put it on when I'm getting ready to go out. It's a great dance song, and I can put it on repeat and listen to it over and over again and get dressed and put my makeup on. It gets me motivated to leave the house. Unfortunately, that that song is never playing at the parties I go to, so usually I leave really early. <laughs> <laughs> the song I can't get out of my head, Hello by Adele. Oh, my God. I have Adele's hello in my head about 95% of the time, especially as I'm traveling through the UK right now. I love it. I love the song. I think it's beautiful. I think the chorus is soaring and really splendid. The song I'd wish I'd written, uh, The 15th by Wire. It has this repetitive guitar line that manages to swell and be larger through repetition. I love the concept of duration in relation to film or music because its own it's its own form of hypnosis the song that reminds me of starting slater kinney gloria by patty smith i think that song is grandiose and guttural at the same time and it's very aspirational in the narrative you want to be both the object of desire and the narrator i just love the 360 degree view one more uh the song i want played at my funeral Divers by Joanna Newsom. They can just play Joanna Newsom's entire Divers album. It's really long and beautiful and will distract people from my death. <laughs> oh, beautiful. That's good. <laughs> she has some good ones on there. Yeah. Yeah, she had some that I would have chose too. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so much in common. So much in common. Yeah. I have uh, Prince. Uh, Prince covered Radiohead's Creep at Coachella 2008, and you can finally watch it online. After years of takedown notices, the purple one has finally listened to Tom York. Finally, God. During This is at a consequence of sound, by the way. Mm -hmm. During his headlining appearance at the Coachella 2008, Prince covered Radiohead's Creep. However, being that he's Prince, only fans in attendance were able to witness the performance as the technophobe issued takedown notices for any of the or any and all videos uploaded to YouTube thereafter. When asked about it in an interview, Radiohead frontman Tom York was dumbfounded at the idea of Prince maintaining copyright over a song they had written and implored him to reverse his decision. Quoting, really? He's blocked it? We'll tell him to unblock it. It's our song. <laughs> Years later, it appears Prince has finally taken York's comments to heart. Recently, a new upload of the Creep performance made its way online, and rather than issue a takedown notice, Prince actually tweeted a direct link to the video. 
It helps that the uploader passive-aggressively noted York's comments in both the video's title, description box, and writing. Copyright reserved to Radiohead. Radiohead is on, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, caps. The original author of the song, who have granted me permission to upload this video through the above remarks. Needless to say, no copyright infringement intended. Um, you could also enjoy this at this uh, in the link below and there's so you can follow this out of consequence of sound.net or you could just google it it's fine interesting <laughs> i didn't know that was happening yeah we, should, we, might, we might have to play it on air later oh shit any any news of the upcoming radiohead album or tour for next um year? so he performed a few songs a week ago and people do think that um because there are new songs but he was doing it on his own. So people do think, because he did say during one of the songs, this is where Johnny goes crazy. Johnny Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. Although he wasn't present, he's kind of hinting like, oh, we play this together. So people have think are thinking that those two songs he performed um, with Adams for Peace were actually Radiohead songs. Oh, so I see. it's coming along, I think. He's been, they're being really conspicuous, or incons inconspicuous. Yeah, I bought it. They go at their own pace. They don't yeah. give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is awesome. Good for them. I have Third Eye Blind. You want me to read about that? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, let it load. Is it about the, the new album? Um, I You would have to watch the video, but oh. there's a video where you can, uh, under Consequence of Sound, where it says, an awkward interview with Third Eye Blind. Oh, this past weekend, Third Eye Blind performed a majestic Chicago theater prior to the show Consequence of Sounds. Dan Caffrey was invited to sit down with frontman Stephen Jenkins. Um, when what started out as a normal interview developed into something a bit different. <laughs> you have to see it for yourself. You can watch Third Eye Blind's performance of Interstate Love Song below and make sure to follow Rock It Out blog on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Or maybe we can play it later. Yes. Send it to me. Oh, man. So many good ones. Um, so they were paying tribute to... To Scott. Scott Whelan. Did you see... Oh, I didn't post it yet. My tribute was last night when I stuck out like a sore thumb. Yes. <laughs> and post it later. But um, at the Christmas party, I noticed they had like a cop hat, which is similar to what he wore. So I did the same thing. I was like, well... You know, here yeah. we go. Yeah. <laughs> so that's you good. It off. Yeah, but um, I don't think our guest is gonna make it tonight, so <laughs> I think we're just gonna continue with um, our tribute to Scott Weiland that we started last week. Can I read about Neil Pert? Yes, go okay. for it. <laughs> uh, I keep finding these old stories that I've been reading all week. That's why. Oh, you're like, oh, I read this. Uh, this might not actually be true if it's a rumor, mm -hmm. but it's a disclaimer before I read the story because this, this is old. This is from December 7th. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so long ago. ago. Uh, Rush, Rush's Neil Pert says he's retired from music, quoting, there comes a time to take yourself out of the game, end quote. Or the summer, Rush embarked on their R40 tour, celebrating the 40th anniversary of drummer Neil Pert's membership to the band. At the time, bandman, bandmate uh, Alex Lifeson said it would likely be the band's final full-scale tour together due to his sporadic, uh, sorry, spor sporadic 
arthritis and Pert's chronic tendonitis. Well, Lifeson left the door open for future projects, including smaller tours and soundtrack work. He said the band's ultimate fate lay, lays on the hands of the music's greatest drummer. In that case, it appears Rush is no more. In a new interview with Drumhead magazine, um, Pert spoke frankly about his coming to terms with retirement. Quoting, lately Olivia has been introducing me to new friends at school as my dad, he's, reti- he's a retired drummer. True to say funny to hear, and it does not pay me to realize that. Like all athletes, there comes a time to take yourself out of the game. I would rather set it aside than face the predicament describing our song Losing It. Sadder till, uh, quoting the lyrics, sadder still to watch it die than never have known it. Aside from aforementioned health issues, Pert previously mentioned his desire to spend more time with family. Following the tragic deaths of his daughter and first wife in the late 90s, Pert remarried in 2000. He and his wife had a daughter, Olivia, in 2009. God, he's old. You can watch uh, Rush perform Tom Sawyer down in the link below. And this is, again, at a consequence of sound. There's another article, though, a few days after, say, uh, with Getty Lee, the lead singer and bassist saying that um, he's not retiring but I don't know um, Google either way I guess with this with this band but it does lay on on him I think he's the most reluctant member of mm-hmm. Rush mm-hmm. and they just did their 40th anniversary yeah tour, our 40 right? uh-huh it was very good I went to see them and it was very pricey <laughs> Um, but we got good seats and it was very, a really pleasant experience. And it was a lot of old people there, (laughs) a lot of old rockers and a lot of old people. Yeah. Speaking of 40th anniversaries, (laughs) the Buzzcocks are doing their 40th anniversary tour next, starting next year. They're going to be in Australia and New Zealand in March. And then they just announced their first U.S. date, which is going to be, I think, May 26th through the 30th. So that's like Memorial Day weekend. Mm -hmm. They're going to be participating in punk rock bowling. And so it's really exciting because <laughs> that's on my to-do list of things to do punk rock bowling. Is that in the strip? It's on the strip. I'm not sure which hotel it would be in. I'm going to have to do a little bit more research, but I know it's the first year. They're also going to be doing it on the East Coast, too, because it's so popular, apparently, or there's a lot of people on the East Coast that are interested in it. So they're going to be doing it in Asbury Park, New Jersey as well. So I think that's kind of interesting because I know they've I think this is their 18th year or something that they've been doing it. So they've been doing it for a while. (laughs) And I remember the first time I heard about it is when I started here, a bunch of people you know, got together and they went, uh, like 2000, that was 2010, Ooh, six years ago. Um, but anyways, I will definitely be putting that on my radar, radar. for next year. And I think next year is going to be really exciting. I think there's, you know, a lot, a lot of shows that we've been hearing about that are being announced. Noel Fielding is going to yes. be here in April. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously we're going to see Morrissey later this month. So that's going to be actually, it's not My even later. It's baby. like literally like two a or few three weeks, weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, around the corner. Yeah. Oh my God. So crazy. Can't wait. But um, anyways, um, I wanted to continue with, our tribute to Scott Weiland. Um, we played 
some albums from, or we played some albums. We played some songs from the first two albums, uh, their most well-known, two of their most well-known albums, Core and Purple, first and second album. And so I thought we would continue with Tiny Music, which I watched some of the last interviews that he did, and he said that Tiny Music was his favorite album to make with the band. And that was around 95, 96, I think, which is probably when I first coherently remember listening to their music. (laughs) Like, oh, this is STP. Yeah. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, so I'll play a couple songs, a couple of highlight songs from that album. Uh, number four, which came out in 99, that was that was like a, a big comeback year f- for them, I remember. That's when sou- the Sour Girl Sour song Girl. came out. Um, yeah. Then I think they broke up after that. Yeah. And then they got back together got back together. a couple of years and later. And they broke up and not all members were in it. <laughs> and then possibly you might hear some Velvet Revolver songs thought I would throw that in there and then a couple of highlights from uh oh from his uh, solo project which is what I got to see at Amoeba Music a couple months ago not too long ago and um yeah so stay tuned for that and more Mutiny Radio
<laughs> it's, a it's a preview. It's all good. Preview for later. Well, those songs were from Tiny Music. Songs from the Vatican gift shop. And apparently Scott thought that was, that was he enjoyed making that album the most out of all, all of the albums he made with uh, STP. And so we played a couple of songs from that album. Last one was Art School Girl, Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart. And, and, so, and so I know that one, I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard that one, but that was pretty different from some of the other songs on the album. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed listening to I remember to listening to that one on the radio. And before that was L- Lady Picture Show, which is kind of more glam rock, which goes back to his roots and interest in David Bowie and stuff like that. And then before that was Big Bang Baby. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. And um, yeah, we're just continuing on our tribute. Uh, we played the first, uh, their first three albums, which were pretty influential and they probably toured for years (laughs) in between those those albums and became really well known um and then number four came out in 1999 and that was like they're pretty much i think at the top of their game that was that was the peak point for them because i just remember constantly on the radio constantly noted 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 this is the band for nine. There was a lot of good albums that came out in 99. Mind you, there was red hot chili peppers, Californication. There was rage against the machine. Um, but the battle of the battle for Los Angeles, there were some, a couple other ones too, but I think these three albums really stand out for me. <laughs> um, I'm like, I wish I was knowledgeable about <laughs> 1999 albums. Cause I'm like drawing a blank right now. I'm like, right. Smashing pumpkins. <laughs> yeah, cause um, yeah, cause I think that's when I was I was graduating from middle school and just starting high school, two thousand. So, yeah, so it was pretty much all those bands were touring for these albums, and that's all I would hear on the radio. So I was like, oh, this is this is the good stuff. <laughs> this is my jam. Yeah. So, that's some some good memories for sure. And um, the picture of me and my brother, that's that's way before 99. That's probably like 94 or really? earlier, oh, yeah, probably that. earlier. Yeah. But I was like, I love that sweatshirt. <laughs> something about that sweatshirt. It was like something that I would always wear like all the time. <laughs> I had a few like that. Like a baggy sweatshirt. Yeah, I still do. It's good to have those. Yeah. Now they need to be extra big. Extra baggy. More room. More room. The more, the merrier. Exactly. And um, I just feel happy that I got to see Scott, even though I didn't get to see STP, but I'm still pissed off that I don't get to see them. (laughs) I'm still pissed. But you still said he he had it. You know, he was doing a really good job, and he wasn't all there, Really? Yeah, like he seemed voice wise. He seemed not completely frail, but a little on the frail side. Like, oh, like he's not taking all of his vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> he's not going out and enjoying the sun. Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh. 
but it seemed like in interviews he was saying, oh, you, you know, we just need some time apart. Like eventually we'll get it going again. So there was hope. There was hope. Hope. <laughs> there's that. There's that word. But um, anyways, well, the the music will live on. That's for sure. And so we'll continue down this path for the next half hour or however long we decide to go. And I, I was thinking of I threw in a couple Velvet Revolver songs. I listened to an interview that. Uh, Matt, Matt Pinfield, who's a uh, DJ from the MTV days, BJ, I should say. He now has a show on Sirius Radio, but he was a really good friend of Scott Weiland, and he interviewed, the I think it's the drummer from Velvet Revolver, I forgot his name, but it was kind of an, it was an emotional interview to listen to because they're talking about, you know, how Scott was a pivotal you know, thing for them, for Velvet Revolver to happen. Slash was the, the guitarist. And then Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses, I think, was also involved. So he was just talking about, like, how it was an amazing experience to work from work with him. And the relationship was similar to, like, being brothers or something. Like, you're oh, not wow. always going to get along or see eye to eye, but they made up with each other, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, Velvet Revolver broke up and then they made up or something a little bit after that. But he said he just really, you know, appreciated the time that they got to spend to get spend together. So it was interesting to hear that, to hear that interview. So I thought I would put that in there and then we may hear, a couple albums from the last album that he made with his his own band, the the Wildabouts, who I saw at Amoeba on uh, Hate Street when they were here. They were doing they were actually touring when he died, but they were here on the West Coast back in uh, I think it was May, and they were playing um, a big the Bottle Rock Festival. Oh, wow. so, so they just decided, oh, we're gonna do a free show at Amoeba, and a bunch of people turned up. There were at least 50 people there, probably. So that was a special moment. Yeah. Definitely, I know people are hitting themselves right now because they missed that. Mm-hmm. They're never going to get that back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I would have liked to see STP, STP, but it was cool to, you know. At least see the main, was, one of the main members. He was right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> He was right there doing his thing, but I could, and I also got that feeling. I was like, it's cool that he's doing this, but he definitely belongs like in a stadium, like rocking the yeah, fuck out, you know? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was well, like, Well, I mean, Dude. he's going to a festival, so yeah. there's that. Exactly. It's like, you need to rock the fuck out right now. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So anyways, a um, couple more STP songs and stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. I can show
And I feel the time's a waste to go So where are you going to tomorrow And I see that these are lives to come Would you even care
that was that was an that was kind of an epic song to end the set. That was Velvet Revolver from the album Libertad. The song's called The Last Fight. And uh, before that was also from Libertad. She builds quick machines. And I think Contraband was Velvet Revolver's first album, wasn't it? Um, I'm not familiar. I'm not too familiar with them. Yeah. I know they had a few hits on the radio, and that's about all I know about Velvet Revolver. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, so, yeah. Fall to Pieces or whatever. Oh, I'm wrong. No, I'm right. Contraband came out 2004. I graduated high school. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I graduated from middle school that year. And then I guess their second album came out 2007, Libertad. And, um, yeah, I mean, they were pretty significant, too, from what I can remember. Yeah, they didn't last long. I remember that much. Mm-hmm. They didn't exist for very long. But it was a super group. Or, er, yeah, you're Mega right. Mega band or whatever you want to call it. Slash... Slash and Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. I forgot the drummer for the life of me. That's the guy that was interviewed, and then obviously Scott. So, I mean, I guess it kind of made sense, because they were kind of two of the biggest bands from the 90s, if you think about it. Guns N' Roses and um, STP. Yeah. And uh, before that was Fall to Pieces. You liked that song. I did. I remember that song. I was like, wait, I know the lyrics to this. What is this? And I'm like, oh, yes. Then I accidentally said Velvet Underground. (laughs) But I'm thinking I need to do more research because I don't know as much about Velvet Revolver. But I'm pretty sure that. That's where they got the. I don't know. That's where they they had it. Does Revolver come from Guns N' Roses? (laughs) Well, Velvet Underground, right? Velvet. Velvet Underground. And then Velvet Revolver. Like, Revolver, Guns N' Roses. That makes total sense, yeah. Got it. No, I, I get it now. Um, yeah, and then before that... Scott oh. Whalen said that was his favorite band, right? Velvet Underground. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is news to me. <laughs> um, I just assumed David Bowie was his favorite, but I'm sure that's maybe yeah. it's in like his top five or top ten or something. And yeah. um, before that was STP. The acoustic version of Plush is really amazing. That was from a, a greatest. Obviously, it was something that they did on the radio, but it was included on a greatest hits album called Thank You. I'm guessing thank you to their fans. Yeah, this is for you. Um, yeah, so that's pretty amazing. I like listening to that. And before that was uh, from uh, number four, the album number four, their fourth album, uh, Sour Girl and Down. Those are my two favorite songs from that album, but I know that there's a bunch of other good songs. <laughs> on there that occasionally those are the only ones that matter yeah (laughs) those are the only two that I focus on I pretty much listen to the first three solidly and then sparingly to the fourth album but I'm gonna get into it more I have a lot of time to get into it (laughs) sometimes I ease my way into things as you know (laughs) just learned how to use snapchat (laughs) yeah that was a quick little lesson I gave you finally but it's 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 intense, but I guess it would be like using Facebook for the first time too. Yeah. Like back for in sure. the day. So I will get used to it over time. It's pretty amazing. But anyways, I think we're gonna sign off not that early, but um we um 
you know, we're concluding possibly might play some Wild About songs next week if we're here. But um, that's pretty much our tribute to Scott Weiland. Um, R.I.P. He was a big influence on me and Crystal liked him as well. And I thought it was, you know, I've only done tributes to two people, him and, um, and MCA Lou. Lou and, and Lou Reed. Yeah. I think so. I've only done three tributes. <laughs> so you gotta be real that's special. a good thing we don't want them to die <laughs> yeah it's like uh nobody else die on us right now we don't want to do more tributes we have a lot to look forward to three is year. good enough we're gonna support you no matter what if you know us or you don't know us we're gonna talk about you on the air yeah. if you're listening to... right now <laughs> let us know because we don't know um we don't want you to lose hope yeah <laughs> and um next year's gonna be amazing I'm really looking forward to it. And there's, I just wanted to quickly mention, um, X is going to be playing, I think, two shows at The Independent. Uh, the middle of December, December 16th is one of them. And then our friends from Cure for Gravity, they're going to be doing a showcase at the Awaken Cafe on Friday, December 18th. So that's next week. And then there's something happening, I think, at the the Cat Club. Yeah, Dancing Ghosts. Um, I think they're going to have some live bands. Maybe not. Huh. Dance Party celebrates all UK artists all night. I thought it said something about bands playing Ghosts of London. Oh, never mind. That's just the name of it. That's just the theme. <laughs> but that sounds kind of cool. And on the 19th, they're doing, uh, I guess that's next week. I keep thinking, oh, this is far into the future. No. Actually, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Newman League, a double sense salute. We might go to that. That would be fun. Uh, I like Human League, and I also like Gary Newman. And that's going to be at the Cat Club next week. Starts at 9 p.m. And then we're going to see Morrissey on December 29th. Mm -hmm. That's something we've been looking forward to for years. <laughs> hopefully it happens. <laughs> we're hoping all goes SFO, well. SFO, you, you must behave. <laughs> and yeah. And then next year, there's a couple things too. January, I'll go through it quickly. January 15th, Elijah Wood. The actor is going to be DJing at Harlow in San Francisco and... January 15th, Kelly Stoltz, who we talk about a lot on the show, who opens yeah. for a lot of bands that we like. January 16th, he's going to be at the chapel, one of, uh, I think, three or four acts at that. Um, Crystal's favorite, Noel Fielding, mm -hmm. in a conversation with Bobcat Goldthwatt <laughs> at Social Hall SF as part of SF Sketchfest. That might be interesting. And um, two more things in January. The Edwardian Ball is going to be happening. So they have uh, my favorite uh, bazaar at uh, the Regency. And it's I think it's $5 to get in. Mm -hmm. yep. And that's on January 23rd at noon. And it's a, a must-see. If you're into, even if you're not into like... Steampunk. Steampunk. I mean, they have just really cute like tchotchkes and... I'm not really I'm really into that kind of stuff so <laughs> I I'm just happy I like it all I just I like it all I like the handmade soaps mm -hmm. and 
January 29th and 30th is the Pancakes and Booze Art Show, which I think they do on a, a monthly basis. I've been wanting to go f for a while, so maybe I'll make it to this one, finally. And then they always have it at the Minna Gallery at 111 Minna Street in Selma. And I've heard that that's kind of fun. You get to eat pancakes. 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 Pan I just made my own <laughs> version of that. Pancakes. Oh, it's all Pam. We can eat pancakes. <laughs> and booze. <laughs> and see some artwork. Hot syrup. Not a bad combination. Yes. And also the Dickens Fair is still happening. I haven't had a chance to push that, but that's happening it's already happened today, tomorrow, and then next weekend, I think, might be the last, the last weekend. They might do sense. it the weekend after Christmas, too, but I'm not sure. Um, but that's must-see. Oh, yeah, December 20th. That's the last day. And that's happening at the Cow Palace in Daly City. And it's just really fun because they pretend like they're in... It's kind of simil similar to the Edwardian ball, but then it's more focused on, like, the characters from the Dickens novels and just... Cute. Yeah. And then really good, like, Scottish food. Guys. Oh. Scottish guys. <laughs> and um, all the drinks, too, like, mulled wine and mm. hot toddy and all that stuff that you wouldn't normally have. But hot you're toddy. Hot toddy. But it's really really um interesting things going on there if you're into the holiday spirit and dickens novels well anyways um we may or may not have an interview guest next week i i guess we'll we'll see where the which way the wind blows <laughs> and um i still think we had a good show despite we did it was nice having... and relaxing and uh we Got to finish what we started last week, so that was good. Yeah, a lot of times we come in and we feel like, shit, we got to get the ball rolling, but this yeah. time it was like we came And in. we needed that after last night, so. Yeah. <laughs> a nice little break. Exactly. But um, stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio, and we may see you guys next week, and we may not see you guys till next year, so if we do not, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Kwanzaa. And happy Hanukkah. I, I, I move my hips in a very uh, suggestive manner, and th that drives the crowd wild. Well, I'm going to move your hips into more of like a grave-like position, because now it is time for I to execute. Ah! Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Rasta! <laughs> this is Bubblegum Garbage Party. This is the show where I, Thomas Bridgman, interview stand-up comedians and others, say like improvisers and musicians and partiers of all kinds, because we all love the party, right? Uh, then they do stand-up jokes, and then I interrupt them in character, and we improvise a scene based on the things they were talking about during the interview or the joke-telling part of the bit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, who the fuck wants to go next? Oh, I saw my great ghetto hand come up. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I've already said his name and that was a violation of his trust. I apologize. Uh, I would like to say uh, he's one of my bald brothers. Uh, oh yeah, for the, the listening audience, I, I, I wear a hat but I have no, uh, I have no <laughs> hair on top. Um, uh, uh, he is, uh, he, he's, he's a very fun and funny man and he produces shows at the Brainwash. He, uh, he goes around 
telling jokes on stages that make people's, uh, you know, bellies uh, guffaw. So, ladies and gentlemen, can we please give a warm round of applause for Mr. Greg Gettle. How stumbly was that intro, huh? I enjoyed like, it. Uh, uh, and he, uh, and he, uh, uh, and he, uh, uh, it's like, so you could sample me and be like a hella good IDM song. Uh, 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 I, uh, y'all ready for this? Really enjoyed it. <laughs> Keep talking. I don't think that'd be, a, I don't think that C would be as popular if that was just like, yeah, uh, um, Space Jam. <laughs> don't listen to me. Keep talking. I'll match you. <laughs> this is this 90s, 90s? This is Gil Scott Heron. <laughs> Go. Gil Scott Heron actually you know, has a techno talking. album. I know. You should be listening to me because this beat is very rudimentary. <laughs> Keep talking. Okay, I should ask you questions. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, Interview um, portion. Hi, yeah. Greg. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? I'm afraid of you. Oh, no. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, um, no, it's great to have you, Greg. Um, can you tell me what the last thing that scared the fuck out of you was? Uh, yeah, I thought I was in an overdose on Red Bull the other day. Mm. <laughs> I was trying to come off of cocaine. And, uh, yeah, no, that's a really good approach. Really yeah. Good approach. Yeah, and then I was like trying to, and then I was, and then I couldn't sleep on cocaine, and then I had to work in a couple hours, so then I did two uh, tw uh, 20 ounces of Red Bull to like stay up for my Segway tour, and I thought I was going to die you on tour. Four, you drank a 40 of Red Bull. Yeah, because I thought you should just match the cocaine <laughs> with the Red Bull. And uh, that was the. Uh, Have you, you never heard of Xanax? That puts me to sleep. That's what you that do to come so off sleepy. of cocaine, yeah, you, though. You do the Xanax oh, yeah. when you're not yet done with your I, cocaine. Yeah, so but I still have some cocaine to go to work with. I'm a with. Segway tour guide. I, I had to take care of responsibilities, so I can't just be sleep on Segways. Yeah. <laughs> um, he means uh, my boss knows. It's fine. He w oh, okay. Fair no, it's fine. There we it's go. Fine. We're good. We're all good. He's, um, I made it into work. That's what he cares about. That's good. Yeah. So I is mean, your boss okay, John Gallagher? So no, no, I got him a job. Uh, I'm like his <laughs> boss, maybe. Danny, is there any way, I know we run into this all the time, is there any way you can boost your volume so that we hear you a little bit better? There's tape covering this for whatever reason, so I have to either rub my lips against the mic, or oh, you can just fucking is deal. Tape, is tape unterrible? In, in, in my life experience. You see the look I'm giving you? It's, it's the look of, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, I just...
Let's play. 